Hello, my name's Emily Clark and I head up the tax team at Travis Smith. I'd like to welcome you to the seventh episode in our Travelling Seamlessly Global Mobility podcast series. In this series, members of the Travis Smith Global Mobility team will talk to you about the implications of moving your people and operations into and out of different countries and also look at situations where members of your team may need to work in more than one country. In this episode, we're joined by Alex Fisher and Moji Oyadiran from our employment and business immigration teams. They'll be discussing the UK's immigration regime with particular focus on the business travel rules for internationally mobile executives, as well as looking at the sponsored work visa routes. The UK immigration regime has been through some quite significant changes following Brexit, with the introduction of a new points-based immigration system. Alex and Moji will draw out some of the key considerations for business travellers to ensure compliance with the often quite nuanced requirements, as well as providing a high-level overview of the immigration routes available for employers who wish to sponsor the UK work visas for new hires and secondments or transfers to the UK. To find out more about the issues discussed in this podcast, the Travis Smith Global Mobility Team, and how we can help with your global mobility projects, you can visit our website, www.traverssmith.com, and search for Global Mobility. And now, over to Alex and Moji. Hello, I'm Alex Fisher, one of the partners in the Employment and Business Immigration team here at Travis Smith. I'm joined today by Moji Ayedaran, a senior associate in our team who specialises in business immigration. In this seventh episode of our Travelling Seamlessly Global Mobility podcast series, Moji and I will be discussing the UK's immigration regime and the key considerations for internationally mobile executives when undertaking business visits to the UK from overseas. We'll also touch on the key issues to think about when planning business travel from the UK to the EU in the post-Brexit landscape. Now, specific work visa requirements will apply to individuals who need to come to the UK to actually undertake productive work, which falls outside the business visitor regime. We'll take a look at the key considerations and visa routes for businesses who want to transfer or hire key specialist or senior staff to work in the UK whether that is for short-term posting or for more long-term or permanent hires. I think it is fair to say the UK's immigration regime has gone through some quite significant changes following Brexit, as well as more recently. To set us off, Moji will take us through some of the headline changes. Over to you, Moji. Thanks, Alex. Now, the first key change to highlight is that the previous freedom of movement rules which allowed for hassle-free business travel between the UK and the EU now no longer apply. Although visa-free travel for business purposes is still possible, there are key practical implications for business travellers to consider before travelling, particularly as there are no uniform rules in place across the different EU member states. Business travellers visiting the UK from the EU and elsewhere also need to ensure that they meet the relevant UK entry requirements. And we'll come back to look at these in a bit more detail later in this podcast. The other main change to highlight is that the new points-based immigration regime is now open. 
EU nationals moving to the UK to work now require work permission, so must qualify under the points-based immigration regime, which was first introduced back in December 2020, uh, initially to cover non-EU nationals, and was then opened up to include EU nationals with effect from the 1st of January 2021, at the end of the Brexit transition period. Now, the UK's immigration regime is broken down into different categories and subcategories, and the requirements, duration, visa conditions and compliance requirements do differ. So the most appropriate route will always need to be considered at the outset. For businesses, the most straightforward route will often be the employer-sponsored visa route. And we will focus on this route during this podcast though there may be other routes to consider depending on the particular circumstances of the move. The key point about the the sponsored visa category is that it requires employers to hold a sponsorship license, which they will then use to sponsor the visas of the employees who need visas. It's also worth flagging at this stage, really, that the requirements for sponsored visas are very specific and can be quite nuanced. So, it's worth checking and taking advice if looking at this for the first time as an employer. Many businesses are having to consider visas and sponsorship for the first time um, at the moment, given the pressures on talent many industries are experiencing. Now, that's quite a lot to unpack there for employers and internationally mobile senior executives. What if they get it wrong? Alex, can you tell us what failing to comply with the immigration regime requirements can mean? Yes, there can be quite serious consequences ranging from a grilling or facing difficult questions at the border to, in the worst case scenario, a refusal of entry which can result in business disruption or potentially a business incurring criminal, civil penalties or fines for having an illegal worker in the UK without the correct permissions. It's therefore always really important to plan ahead and understand the applicable regime. Moji, can you take us through the key considerations for business travellers to the UK? Yeah, so for certain nationalities, a visa will be required in order to come to the UK. So that means they have to make an application from outside the UK before they come. Other nationalities, including EU nationals, can seek entry on arrival at the UK border. Now, to qualify for entry as a visitor, one of the first things to think about is that you need to understand what the nature of the business activity to be undertaken is, as this forms a key part of the analysis of what the applicable requirements will be. Now, the UK regime specifies restrictions on permitted activities for a business visit to the UK. So generally, productive work is not permitted, which means a visitor cannot come to the UK with a purpose of just undertaking their normal day job remotely from the UK. They also cannot provide temporary cover for a colleague, for example, even if that's just for a day or a week or two. Business visitors are also not permitted to undertake activities which fall outside the specified list of permitted activities set by the UK authorities. So that list does include generally meetings with UK colleagues, attending conferences, negotiating and signing contracts or receiving briefings on work that they'll then undertake outside the UK. So all that sort of activity is permitted. Business visitors also need to ensure they can show evidence of a return travel booking 
as well as evidence of sufficient funds to cover the trip. Now, whilst the duration of a UK visit can be up to six months, uh, technically, in practice, it will usually be much shorter and really should align with the intended business activity that the visitor says they're coming to do. I'll hand over to Alex to talk through the requirements when looking at travel going from the UK to the EU. Yes, so when we're looking at trips going from the UK to the EU, it is possible for a UK national to travel as a business visitor to undertake a similar range of restricted business activities. However, because there are no uniform rules with each of the EU member states having their own business visitor rules, it's really important that the rules are checked on a country by country basis. We can of course support with advice on the different requirements and if you visit our website you can find an interactive map which summarises the rules in each EU country. One of the other key points executives need to be mindful of is that a UK passport holder travelling on business into the EU is subject to a strict 90 day limit in each rolling 180 days spent in the Schengen zone. This means that they have to keep track of travel to the EU to ensure sufficient headroom to cover the intended trip duration. Business trips, personal or holiday trips into the Schengen zone all fall within the same allowance of 90 days across all of the 26 countries in the Schengen zone. Now, Moji, can you take us through the key options where the intended travel is not for a business visit, so when an employee is being transferred to work in the UK? So as we've mentioned earlier, the uh, the first key thing is that the employer in the UK needs to hold a sponsor license and that license application requires the submission of certain key documents and information about the business. The business also needs to nominate certain key individuals in the company who are UK based to be the key personnel on the license. There will also be certain compliance requirements that the business need to sign up to as a sponsor. So that includes things like complying with right to work compliance requirements, monitoring and tracking details of anyone they have sponsored on a visa, as well as ensuring that required notifications are filed in a timely manner. Now, once the business has a license, there are two key subcategories that we'll consider in this podcast due to shortness of time. But these are the ones that tend to come up for for most employers. And and it's the skilled worker route, which is broadly for long term transfers from overseas or permanent hires. Uh, And the other route we'll look at is the global business mobility or GBM route under the senior or specialist worker subcategory of that. This was recently rebranded from the intracompany transfer route and covers um, transfers essentially from linked overseas entities. Thanks, Moji. So why would an employer choose the global business mobility senior or specialist worker route over that skilled worker route? Yeah, it's a good question. Now, there are specific requirements to be met under each category and the best route will depend on the circumstances. But I'll just run through, by way of an overview, the the key requirements uh, as these might affect the decision on which route is the best in the particular scenario. So turning firstly to the skill level requirements, now this is a key requirement across both categories and the role to be sponsored needs to meet the minimum skill level. So for the skilled worker visa, it's broadly A level standard. And for the global business mobility route uh, under the senior specialist uh, worker category, 
it needs to be a graduate level role. So the skill level is higher for the senior specialist worker visa route. Now for the skilled worker route, the individual also needs to demonstrate their English language skills meet a minimum level. That English language requirement is actually absent from the GBM senior specialist worker route. So that's another sort of key difference between the two. There's a salary threshold to meet under both categories, and this will really depend on the job type for the role and whether the role is a shortage role, so in, in, in short supply in the UK markets, and also whether the candidate holds a relevant PhD or is a recent graduate. Those factors will affect what the minimum salary an employer can pay or will be. Now, if you're looking at a senior specialist worker route, the individual needs to already be working for you in a linked entity outside the UK and they need at least 12 months of service. Otherwise, they'll need to be paid at least 73,900 per annum or more. The skilled worker route can be for a new hire, so that, that's one of the key differences that makes the choice between the two. One other key point is really that the senior specialist worker route is a temporary category. So it's really for your short term transfers to the UK and effectively has a cap of five years in any six year period, unless you're looking at a high earner. So for your permanent hires or long term scenarios, you are better covered under the, the skilled worker route. Thanks, Moji. Now, it's worth flagging that there may be other visa routes that could be relevant to consider, depending upon the circumstances. And future episodes in the podcast series will cover some of the other key visa routes relevant to this topic. That's all we have time to cover in this episode. We hope that this has been a useful run through of some of the key immigration considerations for business travellers and employers with internationally mobile executives. Thank you.